It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, October 24th. We're doing something a little different for tonight's newscast. With the November elections fast approaching, we're dedicating an entire hour to a local issue on next month's ballot, Measure V also known as the Wildfire Prevention, Emergency Services, and Disaster Readiness Measure. In order to get the measure of the measure, KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza set off to hear from several Nevada County voices. What follows are conversations about how this measure came to exist and what it may look like in practice should Nevada County voters pass it on November 8th. And this is a resolution calling for an ordering an election to submit to the voters of the county a proposed urgency ordinance adding Article 9 to Chapter 5 of the Nevada County General Code and poising a half cent Nevada County Wildfire Prevention Emergency Service and Disaster Readiness Transactions and Use Tax for Critical On August 9, 2022, the Board of Supervisors of Nevada County voted 4 to 5 in favor of placing the Wildfire Prevention Emergency Services and Disaster Readiness Transaction and Use Tax, Measure V, on the November 8th general election ballot. In this hour, we'll hear from a number of voices in our community. First, we'll hear from Caleb Dardick, Assistant County Executive Officer for the County of Nevada. Then from Barry Pruitt, spokesperson for Americans for Good Government, a local political action committee that opposes Measure V. I talk with Dr. Terrence McAteer, chair of the Yes on V campaign, and before we close, we'll hear from Clayton Thomas, the president of Nevada County Professional Firefighters, IAFF, Local 3800. Please keep in mind that the opinions expressed in the next hour are those of the speakers and not those of KVMR's board, staff, volunteers, or underwriters. No other discussion. Julie, would you call the roll? Yes, District 3. No. District 1. Yes. District 5. Yes. District 2. Yes. And District 4. District 4, yes. Caleb Dardick is the Assistant County Executive Officer for the County of Nevada. I asked him about Measure V's history, about the board's decision to add a sunset clause to the measure. I asked him to explain how the county plans to provide accountability and about the decision not to pursue funds using a parcel tax. As a county staff member, I want to clarify that I am here to provide information on Measure V, which was placed on the November ballot by the Board of Supervisors, but to note that the county does not take a position, yes or no, regarding the measure, which some people find confusing. How is it that the Board of Supervisors can put an initiative on the ballot? But that's exactly what it is. It's bringing a policy issue to the public to let the voters decide. And so our job In fact, our duty is to help educate, provide information so that voters can make the most informed choice. How old is this idea? Nevada County has always had wildfires. We go from the foothills to the mountains. We've always had rainstorms, uh, snowstorms. So being prepared for disasters, for emergencies is, is nothing new. We've always had this relationship with the extremes of nature. What has changed dramatically over the past, you know, certainly the past decade is the ferocity, intensity, and frequency of the type of firestorms that we have. As someone who grew up in Nevada County, the idea that Alta Sierra, low-level suburban community, could have been completely shut down for almost two weeks without power, with lines down and trees across homes, is sort of something you couldn't even imagine. So we definitely are facing a situation that is, you know, is a result of climate change and is one that um, we all have to take seriously. The Board of Supervisors recognizes this, and the Board of Supervisors every year has a three-day annual workshop in which they set the policy direction for the year, give direction to the staff, which also affects not just what we do, but also is direction in terms of funding and the budget. So at least since 2016, the Board of Supervisors has made emergency preparedness a board priority. Keep in mind that the Office of Emergency Services in Nevada County was less than maybe a half-time employee only four years ago, and now we have several employees and a director of emergency services. It used to be that the Emergency Operations Center, the EOC, would open during a disaster because that's where all of the first responders come together and that's where things are coordinated. 
two to five times a year, half of the time just for a tabletop drill, meaning an exercise. In the last couple of years, we've been open 50 days a year. We're on track for this year to be over 55 days. And this is, you know, coming from, you know, week-long storms and uh, the recovery efforts that come from it. So we're in a completely new situation. And as a community, we really have to come together. So in January of 2020, the board directed staff to engage with the public, understand what the public's concerns and priorities are, but also to convene stakeholders in law enforcement, firefighting, emergency response, social services, working with the elderly and disabled, and lands managers and and, and conservationists so that we could take a holistic approach to how are we going to make our community safer? What can we do? And, And do what was called a needs assessment, Basically, looking at the gap between what we're doing now and what experts think we need to be doing to make ourselves safer. Not some sort of pie-in-the-sky vision, but just a very technical brass tacks, what can we do to be better prepared? And the Board of Supervisors requested that staff come back with a funding mechanism. Not enough to have another plan, but this time we have to have a plan that is action-oriented, that's focused, and has a source of revenue attached to it. Now, unfortunately, January 2020 was immediately followed by March of 2020 and the pandemic. And of course, our whole community and the county focused our energy and resources on supporting our community and our businesses, our residents, our, our, our families in, in, in addressing the challenges of the pandemic. But as we came back, things looking better in regard to public health, the Board of Supervisors in January of 2022 this year reiterated that direction. And so for the past 10 months, we've been very focused as a staff on surveying the community. And we've had probably over 2,500 people who have engaged with us either through public opinion research, more informal surveys that the county has put out, as well as in community meetings. So we've gotten very clear direction from the community in terms of their priorities. We also convened a CEO roundtable under the direction of my boss, Allison Lehman, the county CEO, which brought together you know, a good CEO roundtable of stakeholders from fire, law enforcement, the city managers and town manager, the agency heads of the various departments at the county, um, some former county supervisors who have expertise in this area, as well as uh, community leaders, executive directors who are working in, in a variety of fields. So this group met repeatedly and helped review the needs assessment, um, the findings that we got. We had about all of those groups participated. So that, just to be clear, Nevada City, Grass Valley, Truckee, Truckee Fire, Grass Valley Fire, Cal Fire, Consolidated at the table, our agency heads, a number of others, and we asked for that needs assessment that I described, the difference between what we're doing, what we need to be doing. And that group came back with a list of about 62 projects and programs that would have cost about $50 million a year. And with a little bit of fine-tuning on that, we got it down to $36 million per year. But the funding mechanisms that we were looking at, the one that we thought made the most sense, and we looked at assessments and fees and parcel taxes and sales taxes of every increment from a quarter percent to a one percent, unincorporated versus incorporated parts of the county, really looking at that, what we've settled on was a half cent countywide sales tax, which we believe will raise approximately $12 million a year. So we further tightened that budget into a draft expenditure plan for about $12 million a year because what we want and, and, and took that list of 62 projects and programs and brought it down to 17. And again, focusing on what will make, what will make the biggest difference, what will have the most substantial impact. As uh, supervisor, former supervisor Hank Weston said, let's not turn this into a Christmas tree. Let's focus on things that will have the biggest impact and make a difference and also um, commitments to accountability, transparency, and regional equity. So with that in mind, we developed this plan and brought it to the Board of Supervisors, who uh, put it on the ballot for November 8th for the voters to decide. That wasn't painless, right? That, That meeting was long. There was a lot of questions by a lot of people. What was the result of that meeting? There was some change to whether it 
had a sunset. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure. There's, this is a passionate community, and I think everyone recognizes that reducing the fuel load, taking steps to both prevent wildfire, to prepare for emergencies, to ready our community for disasters is critical work that needs to take place. But there's also concern about competing interests. There's concern about government accountability. And one of the mechanisms that was pointed to by folks who had these concerns was the fact that it was being proposed without a sunset, meaning no expiration date unless repealed by the voters. Now, part of the rationale for having not having a sunset is that this work, quite frankly, is needs to be sustained and needs to be ongoing. And that's such a key part of what needs to be done. But we also understand those concerns. And um, the Board of Supervisors agreed to add a 10-year sunset, meaning this would expire in 10 years. And that'll be a, important. That'll allow all of us who are involved in this, both the public, the Firewise communities, the staff who will be Office of Emergency Services staff will be administrating these funds to make sure that we are accountable, that the money is spent in a way that achieves what we set out to do, which is have maximum impact, to create sustainable programs so that um, we're not just, you know, clearing a lot of brush one year, but then not coming back to it for years, right? We need ongoing, and that's really the biggest change we hope to see, as well as the flexibility because we know that there's state and federal fundings coming down the line. But that money just doesn't get handed out to counties. One has to apply and compete for it, which means you have to have your projects defined. You have to have your environmental work done. You have to be, quote unquote, shovel ready. And you have to have your matching funds, which in the case of federal money is often you know, a three to one match. And so you have to have that match, but every dollar local could leverage another $3 in federal money. So this is a huge opportunity to have flexible, locally controlled funds that can allow us to be more competitive, to be ready, to invest in our projects, to find the projects, get them permitted, so that when the money comes, we are, hey, don't forget us, rural county, we're ready. And we're, we're, we're going to do great work. And we've been proving that already. We've done a tremendous job with our you know, grant writing team, uh, has written to CAL FIRE and FEMA and a number of other funders. I think we've raised over $10.5 million over the last six years. But you know that's less than $2 million a year. We really need some sustainable source of funds that will allow us to do this work and put us in a position to do more and bigger projects. When we started the conversation, you, you spoke about Alta Sierra. I believe you were referring to what many people in the county call snowmageddon. Yeah. Right? And you talked about how there's now, did you say 17 projects? It's been whittled down to 17? Correct. They're not all wildfire projects? Yeah. So what was envisioned by the, the, by the group, and that's in all of the staff reports, and I really encourage your listeners to go to the website readynevadacounty.org forward slash measure V because all of the founding documents there, the staff reports, the resolutions, the actual ordinance itself, uh, frequently asked questions, fact sheets, all the like, it's all there. So for the deep divers, I encourage you to spend some time. But no, there's four categories, what we call the FEMA wheel. There's preparedness, mitigation, response, and recovery. But our focus Given that the county is not a firefighting agency, we don't have our own fire department as a county, what can the county do is really reduce the threat. So 65% of the funds are targeted for mitigation. And with the mitigation ideas that, that are in the initial plan include getting on top of clearing roadside vegetation. That's a key component of safe evacuation. And when the Board of Supervisors uh, convened and they had Chief Estes from CAL FIRE present, the question was asked, what is the most important thing that we can be doing? And it's improving evacuation safety. Get the residents out quickly and safely in an emergency and get the first responders in quickly so that they can combat the blaze. So that evacuation safety piece is key. And part of that is clearing back the flammable uh, vegetation from the side of the roads. Right now, county road maintenance is on a eight to 11 year cycle. We wanna get that to a three to four year cycle with these Measure V funds, should they be approved by the voters. The other part is disposing of this green waste. After Stormageddon, Uh, The county opened up free green waste drop-off for 11 days, 
and residents cleared their own property, cut up the brush and the fallen limbs, loaded it into their own vehicles, rented trailers, and brought it to the central spot. What we heard over and over again is, wouldn't it be incredible if that was a year-round project? And given the amount of debris that, you know, green waste that needs to be removed, this also is recommended in Measure V, that there would be free green waste disposal sites for residents in both East and West County. The other part is that many of our, you know, Nevada County is an elderly county. Over 30% of us are over 65. Many on fixed income or limited income. And so this can be quite expensive work. So to, we have already gone after a number of state and federal grants to assist low-income homeowners, disabled and elderly, clear. These are like mini-grants of four to $6,000. It's not enough to do all the work, but it can help. And so we want to augment and continue that program so that more elderly folks can access some money that would help make their homes uh, more fire-safe and defensible. The other parts of this are our neighborhoods. Nevada County is leading the state in the number of firewise communities per capita. We have over 78 firewise communities representing over 25,000 households. And what we want to do is be able to offer grants from Measure V funds to those neighborhood groups who can take on projects that make sense right in their neighborhood, whether it's uh, clearing brush along private roads, because keep in mind that 75% of the roads in Nevada County are privately owned, many of which are critical evacuation routes as well. That's just the mitigation bucket. So these are kind of long answers, Claudio, I apologize, but also money for response, 20% in response, uh, 5% for recovery. So we start building a recovery fund should we need it. And of course, and about 10% for preparedness planning. Because a key piece, again, of doing this work is planning for it. We need to have our community wildfire protection plans updated, not when grants come and go every seven or 10 years, which is what we've been doing, but every five years so that the community knows exactly what the projects are. They can have input into those projects and we can prioritize them and work to get them implemented. So planning, preparedness, education, there's so much work that needs to be done. You know, this Measure V is is a tool that allows us to to engage on all four fronts and be able to start making a difference in a sustainable and ongoing way, at least for the next 10 years. Tell me about the mechanisms that keep the money from being spent inappropriately. Yeah, this this question of accountability and transparency was built into the measure from the beginning, and we we sort of have a four-point approach to how we can provide that accountability and assurance and transparency so Nevada County voters and residents know exactly what's going on should they approve this. The first is that the funds will come in and be placed into a discrete account, you know, distinct account for this purpose. So we'll be able to track the money that comes in via the tax collection and then exactly how it's billed and how the money's billed out. So it'll be very easy to provide transparency in terms of receipts and expenditures. The second is that we will do an annual independent audit every year and publish the findings of that specific to this fund. Really, probably the most important part is how are you going to develop the budget in the first place? So all of the items I've described to you, Claudio, are are written in this draft expenditure plan. But key to this and the reason that it's it's so important that to have flexibility is that the needs change. And so what we want to do and what we will do is the Office of Emergency Services will put together technical advisory committees, both in East County and in West County. These will be community volunteers with professional expertise in emergency services, firefighting, law enforcement, social services, land management and conservation, so that we have the experts at the table who are looking at the $12 million and saying, here are the things that make the most sense. And the starting point will be the plan that we put forward. And and maybe that'll be, be it, but maybe there'll be fine-tuning and certainly where, you know, which roads should be prioritized, which fuel brakes should move forward, et cetera. So that's, that's going to be the role of the Technical Advisory Committee. They will recommend a draft budget that in collaboration with the Office of Emergency Services, who will then bring it forward during the regular budget process to the Board of Supervisors, very transparent process, goes through various committees, public hearings, and will be approved by the board. So the board will have the final say on how every dollar is spent. On the accountability, on the back end, the Board of Supervisors will appoint a new committee, the Citizens Oversight Committee, 
Each of the five supervisors will appoint someone from their district, and then there will be two additional for a total of seven, two additional who are selected at large. This group will not set the policy or how the money is used. They will be the ones to make sure exactly how much money came in, how was it spent, does it align with what we said we intend to do, is it making a difference, and also release and talk about the findings of the independent audits. And then all of this information, every contracting opportunity, every contract made, every expenditure, every report will be published on a transparent and public website. And every contract over $50,000, consistent with best practices, will be brought to the Board of Supervisors for them to vote on in open session. So as one person remarked uh, recently, and I think they're correct, this will be the most scrutinized $12 million in the entire, what, $340 million county budget. So uh, we really feel like we put the tools in place for the accountability, transparency, and most importantly, good planning and oversight. Why did the county not try to make this happen as a parcel tax? Parcel taxes is another option. I mean, we felt that parcel taxes were, in many ways, where fire districts frequently go, is they go for parcel tax assessments. And so we felt that we didn't want to compete in that space. That was a big piece. And it was certainly something we heard loud and clear from a number of the fire chiefs. The other is that many of our residents feel like, you know, as property owners, they're carrying a pretty heavy load as it is. In East County, in September of 2021, residents in East County approved Measure T, which was a $179 parcel tax. So the idea of being, wow, they just already have a parcel tax, given that the East County and Truckee area is seeing, you know, tens of thousands of visitors, as are we in Western County, and the visitors are coming here because they love this place and they want to be part of this natural beauty and enjoy the Yuba and our hiking and trails, why not have a sales tax in which everybody pays something and the visitors also contribute? So the thinking was that it was more fair and an opportunity for you know less burden just on property owners, more fair, more dispersed, and um, we hope more broadly supported. If you're just tuning in, we're focusing on Measure V tonight on the KVMR Evening News. We just listened to an interview with Caleb Dardick, Assistant County Executive Officer for the County of Nevada. If you missed that, you can listen to it online at kvmr.org. Americans for Good Government is a local political action committee that opposes Measure V. I talked with their spokesman, Barry Pruitt. Mr. Pruitt is also the attorney who, representing his wife, Audrey Pruitt, filed a petition in court in September seeking a requirement that the proposed half-cent tax be passed by a two-thirds majority. What is the position on Measure V that your organization has taken? No. No on V. So tell me why. Uh, Initially, when uh, I got involved with this, uh, I didn't even know Measure V was really happening. I had my head in other things, and actually my wife called me and told me about Measure V and wanted to explain to me what was going on, and I thought, well, this is really weird. Anyway, once I got into it, Um, As a lawyer, listening to what the county was saying versus what they were writing in their ordinance, the two things didn't match. They were saying that this is a special earmarked fund for wildfire prevention and leaving wildfire prevention to the side because obviously you're not going to prevent a wildfire, but you could, you know, mitigate its effects through some kind of government intervention And then the language, they say it's a general tax that they can use for anything they want. In fact, uh, we sued them over the ballot language and had some of the language removed by the court. The court actually removed, um, they had a percent sign, or they had a cent sign instead of a percent sign. And the court found that that was a little misleading because cent is a quantitative uh, amount like a number of cents, you know, five cents, six cents, whereas a percent is, you know, multiplied by the whole. So the court took that out, inserted percent, and they also took the part out that said to save lives. Court found that was argumentative uh, because it evidenced the county taking a position by saying this is going to save lives. Well, you don't know that. That's, you know, that's pure argument. So anyway, they're saying that this money's earmarks, but when we went through the litigation in their opposition, two times they said this 
tax revenue from Measure V is not a special tax because it's not earmarked in any way for any programs. So you have them telling the court on one hand that the money is not earmarked in any way, but you have them telling the public that the money is somehow earmarked. And that's my main concern is where the money's going. I don't think, you know, I've lived here for over 20 years. I don't think people generally are opposed to a special tax for wildfire mitigation. We live under a time where PG&E is shutting off our power in the fall if the wind gets faster than 10 miles an hour. We live in a time where I think most people in this community have been evacuated from the house at least once in the last 10 years. So do we need to do something as far as mitigation? Yeah, but throwing money, $12 million into the general fund and then having the government tell us, trust us, we'll earmark it, I don't think flies. So you're concerned that the money would be misused? Absolutely. If it was a special tax, that money would be segregated and it would be used for only wildfire mitigation. They wouldn't be able to use it for anything else. But now that it's in the general, what could potentially be in the general fund, they can do whatever they want with it. And they've so admitted that to the court. And that's my main beef is not what they're doing. It's how they're going about doing it. And the gross misrepresentation of what Measure V actually is. So that's my main beef. And I think that's the main beef from Americans for Good Government, too. The county has said that there's going to be technical advisory committees that will be saying this is where the money goes and that there's going to be full transparency about who is using the money and, and what it's for. There is nothing in writing that requires them to do that whatsoever. Nothing. It's a general tax that they can use for anything they want. They can tell you one thing. Um, no, there's not a lot of trust there. I'd rather you put it in writing and make sure that it's enforceable. Then this is not. I mean, literally, they could take the money from Measure V, stick it in the general fund, get rid of all these you know, committees that they have and just spend the money any way they want. And I just think it's wrong. It, you know, being a lawyer, put it in writing. Put it in writing, sign it. Show me that that money is going to go where you say it is and that you're obligated to do it, not, you know, pass this and trust us. I just, I don't think that flies. Explain to me how you understand Measure V is going to work. From a practical standpoint or from a legal standpoint? How about both, if you don't mind? Legally, if Measure V passes, sales tax in Nevada County will be raised by half a percent and the revenue generated from... Measure V from that tax will be deposited in the general fund without any earmarking whatsoever and can be used for any general government purpose. Legally, that's what's going to happen. Practically, depends what the county does. So, yeah, legally, it's a general tax. What the county does after that and whether people actually hold them to that, that's a lot to ask for the public to do. I mean, to sit back and let the county spend money and then hover over them. We have jobs. You know, we have families we take care of. We don't have time to be policing the government all the time. You know, it should just be done right the first time. And if it takes two-thirds of a vote to do it right, I think they could probably get it. You could convince people that if you're going to put this money in a specially allocated fund, I think you'd have a really hard time telling people why it should be opposed besides inflation and, you know, taxes right now and the state of the economy. But it kind of takes the whole argument out of not trusting the government and not having to police them and watch their back for the next 10 years. Nobody's got time for that. Uh, just do it right the first time. And I think he probably could have got two thirds to segregate the money. But for some, for some reason, the county doesn't want that money segregated. Barry, any final thoughts? One of the things that really bothered me during the litigation is that they were counting on increase in revenue because inflation was high. So as inflation goes up and the price of goods go up, they're going to make more money. And I thought that was very cynical and very 
harmful to the people, knowing that inflation is going to go up, knowing the harm that that can cause people, especially of lower incomes, and then throwing another half-cent sales tax on there, counting on inflation to, to gain more revenue. I just thought that wasn't fair to the people in Nevada County. It's, that, that was an argument I never would have made in court. Um, but then when I saw it in the words, I thought, oh, my God, they're actually planning on inflation to generate more revenue. And that would harm people two times. Does it say that in the actual? Not in the, no, it was in the opposition. It was in the legal papers that were filed, that they filed in opposition to us, that they had mentioned that inflation would increase the revenue. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're going to hit these people with lower incomes twice. Inflation's going to hit them because of what the federal government's doing. And then you're going to hit them with the sales tax, which is going to basically hurt them again on top of the inflation that's already happening. I mean, so th those are some of the problems I had with it. And uh, I got a mailer in the mail from the county, Office of Emergency Services, where they are touting Measure V with a mailer to everyone in the county. And they're touting it as that the money's earmarked for fire pre prevention. Well, we've already gone through that. It's not earmarked. So you sent out a mailer using county funds to support a measure for the county to get more money. So use taxpayer dollars to increase revenue from taxpayers. I just think it's wrong to use taxpayer dollars to advocate for more government. Those are my problems with Measure V. It's kind of more the nature of government than it is specifically with Measure V. Hence, Americans for Good Government. It's not, it's not so much the substance, it's the process. And the process, I think, deviates fundamentally what is supposed to happen in a Republican democracy. Next, we'll hear from the chair of the Yes on V campaign, Dr. Terrence McAteer. What is your official connection to, the, to Measure V? Well, I was asked by the County of Nevada, to, uh, actually a couple of years ago before the pandemic, uh, to help them out with their wildfire election. Uh, tax measure, and, uh, and, and so we let the pandemic go, and now here we are for a November campaign, and I'm uh, chair of the Yes on V campaign. Why don't you tell me what Measure V is and why you think it's important? Sure. It's very simple. Wildfires are our number one concern. Everyone in this county will tell you that the number one concern is how are we going to protect our homes, our businesses, our livelihoods, uh, and our community from a wildfire. And so what this is is a very straightforward half-cent sales tax. It will be added on to purchases uh, of almost all goods except groceries and prescriptions. And you'll be able to, uh, uh, the county will then garner about $12 million annually in revenue to be able to do pre prevention activities uh, to ensure that our evacuation routes are improved. And the main thrust is to be able to start cutting down our overgrown vegetation throughout this county. And from your perspective, what has the reaction from the community been like? We've had, for the most part, very positive reaction. This community is very attuned after Paradise and after Forest Hill this summer. I mean, how can't wildfires be the number one priority for most uh, residents and uh, a collective response? And that's what we're trying to do is put a collective response together so that it's just not Grass Valley doing their thing or Nevada City doing their thing. The real issues are out in the county, per se, of a wildfire spreading and taking out much or not all of our community. Now, there was some contention about what this was, whether it should be a general tax or a specialized tax. Can you speak to that? Sure. So a special tax says you have to get two-thirds of the voters. And the problem with that is you delineate exactly where every dollar must be spent if it's a special tax. I advocated that we should go for a general tax because, one, you only need 50 percent of the vote to be able to pass it. But more importantly is you need, to be, you need to have flexibility in how you're going to determine where those dollars go, especially in the case, let's take a wildfire does exist and wipes out a good percentage of Alta Sierra. Well, if you had a specific tax that said, oh, we're spending all this money on cutting down vegetation, 
but you've just lost a portion of your community. I would think this community would say, stop with the vegetation cutting right now. Let's help our neighbors in in, uh, Alta Sierra. Let's get them some temporary housing. Let's get them food, et cetera, et cetera, what they might need. But a specific tax absolutely does not allow for any deviations. Wildfires present different, different scenarios every time, and that's why you need flexibility. As an example, we might have another snowmageddon. Shouldn't that be the time that we could dip potentially into those dollars to be able to help us with all the trees that come down or whatever else? We need flexibility with these dollars, and that's why it's a general tax. Now, is there language in it that says that it can be dipped into if there is a, a snow emergency, for sure. example? So the answer to the, that is that it, it, there's a technical advisory committee that's set up in, in this measure. And so that are those are the leaders of fire, police, et cetera, around this county that annually will be determining where those $12 million should be spent. So in the case, if we had an, a, a huge emergency, that technical advisory committee could come together and be able to reallocate some of those dollars because we had something of, of another snowmageddon. It could also be that the Board of Supervisors through that action of the Technical Advisory Committee could again approve what the Technical Advisory Committee comes out with and reallocate some of those dollars. Some people have argued that, oh, well, the Board of Supervisors can just dip in there and do whatever they want with those dollars. Well, can you imagine the outcry, not only from the Technical Advisory Committee, not only from the uh, Tax Oversight Committee, uh, how about from the 70 firewise communities in Nevada County that that are depending on some of those resources? So I don't think anybody can go dipping around or moving dollars around uh, without a absolute outcry from the residents of Nevada County. There was some controversy as to whether or not it should have a sunset. Right. Tell me more about that. Well, after t- I think I think it's very important, actually. I advocated for it that... Uh, And in this case, the Board of Supervisors put it that in 10 years, this ends. And if it's done a great job, then you can go back for renewing to the voters. But let's give 10 years of a concentrated effort on getting rid of so much of our flammables out there. And and I think one thing that people are scared about, and they should be, is if we had a large wildfire, how do you move the 80,000 residents in western Nevada County? It, they're not going down Highway 49 nor out Highway 20 because those roads cannot handle the amount of, of, uh, of, of traffic that would be there. So the idea is that much of this money, as you could see, is $3 million, right in the get-go gets poured into how are we going to improve communication to our people to tell them where to go and to improve everyone's knowledge of their evacuation routes. Is there anything else like this tax anywhere in our state? Oh, a number of communities have taken this on. Uh, Napa County, Sonoma County, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of communities that wildfire is the number one issue. And we want to be a model for our fellow Sierra counties because we will be one of the first in the Sierra counties uh, to be able to institute, institute this. And I think this is a model that what then we're able to do in a few years is get the insurance commissioner involved in this because housing insurance has gone through the roof. And so if you're able to show that we've done such a good job, then all of a sudden we're able to turn to the insurance commissioner and say, look at what a model county, Nevada counties become because of what we've done for evacuation, property protection, et cetera, et cetera, so that we're able to start looking at reducing uh, uh, insurance rates on homes. Let's talk about the timeline. Sure. When does money start hitting the coffer? So it, it uh, begins, the tax would begin on January 1st of next year, 2023, and, uh, and, and the state makes its first allocation in April. But if it starts in, in January, we will begin that technical advisory committee to get prepared for what uh, applying for grants, et cetera, you know, getting out there and, and getting our uh, teams in place. And, and so I think we'll see a very quick rollout because, boy, have we got a lot to do in this county. 
So potentially January money starts rolling in. When do the chainsaw start singing? I think this chain starts start singing uh, very soon thereafter. One of those is that we have uh, free green waste disposal throughout the year, just not in selected times. You're cutting, you know, down here in the fall. You need a place to be able to bring your stuff, and that's one of the issues in this county measure. We'll be having 365-day green waste disposal for you. Final thoughts? You know, if we don't do it now, when are we planning on doing? If you vote no that's and you don't like taxes, that's your business. But realize, I think the real question all Nevada County has to look at when they pull that lever or fill in the box is, well, if we're not going to do it now, when are we planning on doing this? Because millions of bored feet are growing every year and making this flammable situation much worse. We have mature forests out there right now that are ripe for a major wildfire in this community. We all know it. And so the question again for all you voters is, if not now, when? Clayton Thomas is the president of Nevada County Professional Firefighters, IAFF Local 3800. He sent KVMR and other media outlets a statement on behalf of his union about their position on Measure V. My name is Clayton Thomas, uh, president of Nevada County Professional Firefighters, Local 3800. Uh, We represent the uh, career firefighters in most of the local government agencies in Nevada County. Uh, And while I work for one of them, I speak on behalf of all of them. Does the Firefighters Local 3800 Union have an official position on V, whether it's yes or no? No, sir. Uh, We've stayed neutral on that topic. Uh, Our biggest ask has just been for the transparency of of exactly what we're talking about uh, and not not trying to use the fire service as as the the flag bearer for for the initiative, so to speak. Explain briefly what the union's position is on Measure V. Uh, our position is that uh, the uh, lead-up to putting this on the ballot uh, did not include all of the stakeholders, certainly not our organization, who definitely uh, is interested in the fire safety of all the residents in the county. Uh, and that being said, uh, some of the original um, disbursement formulas or plans indicated that some of those funds were going to the fire service, uh, actual emergency response. Uh, but by the time of its adoption by the board and placement on the ballot, those items had been removed. So in our minds, to continue on anyone's behalf to refer to this as a fire tax would be inaccurate. Uh, and what it is is a vegetation management tax. Uh, and uh, while we understand that that might be uh, a little more difficult um, to to gain popular public support for uh, without the use of the word fire in any of the uh, literature, we feel that that's much more accurate uh, because as long as it's considered to have anything to do with emergency response on the part of the fire agencies, uh, that will make it impossible uh, in the future for them uh, to pursue any other uh, uh, funding option via special taxes uh, that would actually go to fire protection, which none of this does. It doesn't sound like you're expressly against Measure V. That's correct. Uh, That is not our position that we are against Measure V. Uh, But what we want to be clear about is that the public understands, uh, while this is going to make huge inroads to clearing vegetation on county-owned roadways, um, assisting individuals with clearing their land, uh, preparing for uh, disasters in the future, and securing grants to do a lot of this work. Um, It has nothing to do with actual fire protection, uh, extinguishing fires, or responding to the myriad of other incidents that uh, local fire agencies handle on behalf of the public, and that if it continues to be associated with the fire service, uh, that that is disingenuous. Um, it, this is more about managing vegetation and preparing for natural disasters. So you're essentially against the way that this is being communicated to the public? That would be correct. Uh as a matter of fact, um, you can see many of the yes on Measure V signs uh, using a little fire symbol on the sign itself, along with Save Our Homes at the bottom. Uh, and those two seem to me to inextricably tie the topics together, uh, but uh, that's not indeed what this is, is for. In your piece, you state that there's signs popping up everywhere that say that voting yes on Measure V will save our homes, but you disagree. That's correct. Uh, Saving a home 
is a proactive description of what you're doing. What you're doing with vegetation management is protecting a home. And there's, there's a, it seems like a small difference, but there's a difference between those two concepts. You're trying to protect a home from an advancing wildfire by managing the vegetation around it. Uh, when you save a home, you may be combating the wildfire directly uh, using water or constructing handline or something like that. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, and I think, you know, later on in that, that piece that I wrote, um, I describe a uh, an abstract that comes from the International Journal of Wildland Fire in their May 2022 uh, edition uh, where they analyzed uh, uh, th- tens of thousands of data points from uh, collected at the campfire in paradise in 2018. Uh, and their conclusion at the very end of it, uh, the last paragraph and last sentence uh, at the end of their abstract, um, really kind of sums up uh, what our belief is. And that is that vegetation management is important, but when it comes to saving homes, those homes that were saved in the campfire uh, had more to do with uh, defensive actions by firefighters uh, and home hardening uh, conducted by the homeowners over the years as far as uh, making sure that their eaves are buttoned up, they're using uh, non-combustible building materials, uh, those types of things, uh, and less so about vegetation management. Um, Frankly, uh, Paradise had uh, tens and tens of miles of shaded fuel breaks around it and uh, we're not able to prevent such a large loss of of homes and lives. Um, So while vegetation management is very important, especially on those days that maybe the wind isn't blowing as hard as it was during the campfire or the topography is a little different than it was for them, um, there are benefits to vegetation management undoubtedly. Uh, But uh, as we saw in the campfire, you know, uh, the homes that were saved had more to do with, you know, defensive actions by firefighters and and actions taken to actually harden the home or the structure. You also expressed some hesitation because the way that this is being communicated could make people hesitant to vote on a parcel tax in the future. Is that right? Correct. You know, the listeners may or may not, um, you know, be experts on on um, taxation and funding for the fire service, but. For the areas outside of the incorporated cities, the special districts, um, they get small portions of the property tax, and then the rest of their budgets are made up by special taxes that their voters have approved over the years to provide that fire protection. And for the incorporated cities, uh, they also have some special taxes approved for emergency services over the years in both Nevada City and Grass Valley. Uh, But they also um, have other general fund revenues and sales taxes that fund their fire service. Um, So you can see, especially for the special districts, that uh, attempting to approach the voters in your special district uh, regarding increasing their special tax for fire protection uh, will be easily confused with, should this pass, a recently passed tax that looks and sounds a lot like a fire tax based on, you know, the way it's been advertised. So trying to drill down, it, it does feel like we've gotten to it, but essentially the issue is, if I'm understanding your position correctly, is that you feel like this might ultimately be harmful as far as it could in the future limit the success of raising taxes in order to increase staffing, equipment purchases, et cetera, for the firefighting departments in our local area. That, that's correct. Um, you know, folks may or may not realize that uh, your first responders in most cases to all types of uh, emergencies is the local fire agency. So that includes medical emergencies or you know, just helping someone up off the floor uh, all the way to structure fires or, you know, vehicle accidents, vegetation fires. So it's not as simple as just the firefighting aspect of what local agency firefighters do in our area. Uh, so, yeah, our, our concern is that these agencies who are all operating on very tight budgets uh, currently will have difficulty in securing support from their, you know, individual uh, taxpayers in that special district uh, for future funding initiatives. And a matter of fact, there is a special district uh, with a, a ballot initiative this November uh, as well uh, for a uh, special tax to fund uh, fire protection and emergency services in their area. Uh, and I'm hopeful that the the residents in the county um, can discern the two uh, and not confuse the topics. Uh, but uh, some of the, the advertising and, and um, marketing of, of this current tax initiative uh, has, I think, made that more difficult. You know, in closing, again, I, I would say this initiative is very important to providing an additional layer of protection to, you know, homes and structures uh, in the county. Uh, so I think we all agree on that. There's no question about that. Um, 
it does have some effects on the ability of local fire agencies or the cities to make attempts to pass a special tax that would apply just for fire protection in their given jurisdiction. I think it will make it more difficult. I would just like to make clear that this is about vegetation management and emergency preparedness, but it's not about fire protection at the local agency fire level. Measure V is a hot topic and the outcome is important. Listeners can learn more about it by going online to www.nevadacountyca.gov slash Measure V. There, you can read the resolution passed by the Board of Supervisors to get it on the ballot, check out the draft budget plan, and a lot more. Again, the opinions expressed in the last hour are those of the speakers and not those of KVMR's board, staff, volunteers, or underwriters. That's our newscast for this Monday, October 24th. Did you miss anything from KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza's interviews with Caleb Dardick, the Assistant County Executive Officer for the County of Nevada, Barry Pruitt, the Spokesperson for Americans for Good Government, Dr. Terrence McAteer, Chair of the Yes on V campaign, or Clayton Thomas, the President of Nevada County Professional Firefighters, IAFF, Local 3800? Not a problem. You can listen to KVMR's special coverage of Measure V online at kvmr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on the hunt for additional local election coverage, kvmr.org is also where you'll find Felton Pruitt's interview with Nevada County's Assistant Clerk Recorder, Registrar of Voters, Natalie Adona. The two speak about everything from the Voting Rights Act to contentious behavior surrounding recent elections and the fear it's inspired in local elections officials. Follow along with KVMR's latest exploits on Facebook and Instagram. That's where you'll find photos from last weekend's live broadcast of the Hangtown Music Festival at the Nevada County Fairgrounds. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners carrying remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support, serving Northern California counties and San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. MilkmanCompany.com Keep it tuned to your community radio station. Coming up at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Join us Tuesday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News.